Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharm and Greg. Oh boy, we we've got it. I think we got a doozy on our hands here. This was um, this was something else, and I got to be honest, I didn't see it going that way, Rick. Nope. Uh, I th- it went about nine different ways. I didn't see it going. <laughs> I mean, as there was a point where I said, I said to myself, fortunately only to myself, although now I share it with, um, with you all, uh, this is getting bored. This this is going to be a boring finish. (laughs) No, it was not wrong. Uh, we are theoretically going to be joined by Kyle Porter when he wraps up his, uh, other obligations. So we'll see if we can bring him in from the top ropes here shortly. But Greg, usually we go, you know, guy who won, we go player by player. I'm not sure if that's the best way to do this because kind of, uh, the way this all broke down is, is I think part of the fun. I mean, Harris English enters the day with a two shot lead over Bryson DeChambeau and Cam Smith. Um, just a little bit of a spoiler alert. Harris English finished fourth. Cam Smith finished in a tie for fifth. And Bryson DeChambeau finished in a tie for eighth. So this it's it went from Harris English being in complete control, about to go wire to wire, and getting a completely different top of the board. He w- was so smooth. It looked so easy for him. And that's part of the reason. Look, we talked about this on Friday night, Rick. He is a great player to he has a great makeup to lead and and he showed it on saturday shooting that round of 65 again it's all areas of his game it's every aspect of his game are are extremely good um and because of that when you're in the lead you got a lot you can lean on you got a lot you can fall back on um i mean the guy on on saturday just take saturday's round you're the leader you're in complete control but it's a high pressure round and he's 16th approaching the green He's 17th around the green. He's 10th putting, right? He's nothing is dominant, but it allows him to shoot 65. And all he's got to do is keep playing Harris English golf and nobody's going to touch him. And then there's also on Sunday, there's the bogey at one, right? And so right away you're thinking, okay. And then he writes the ship and he, and he, a two shot swing immediately, right? Bryson catches him immediately on number one. Bryson makes birdie on one. Harris English makes bogey. However, as you're mentioning, he went out in 33. That's two under. He was at 20 under par. 20 right. under. The winning score was 16. That got you into a blow. He was at 20 under par when he made the turn to the back nine, Greg. Like, yeah. And that's when I said this is going to get when he reached 20 and Bryson was having a little bit of a struggle at that point that this is when it looks like okay this is going to get boring 
right? This is now there's no way if he's going to slip Bryson's falling off and he's really the only guy who can catch Harris English. So if Harris English falls back to 18, how many guys can reach 18? Well, not many. How often is Harris English going to drop two is possible because you have 18 with water all up the left. There's water everywhere. There's opportunities for doubles, but you're not expecting a guy to make two. You're not expecting that at all. So um, it, it was, that's where, okay, even if he makes one mistake, it, it's like Hideki Matsuyama at the masters. He, he has so much room to play with. If he makes a mistake on one of these, you know, lurking penalty areas, he, mm. he can handle it. He can handle it. So um, we, we, this is, we talk a lot, Greg, Greg, when a, when things start going sideways for a golfer, that things start happening quickly, things start going fast. And, and yeah. things were literally going fast for Harris English. And he told us that because when they made the turn, the Bryson English group uh, got put on the clock and they actually got, they actually had two warnings for, for slow pace, which let me just pause there because I thought, I thought these were now directed at individual players, not at groups. Well, um, yeah, it's an, it's, um, an interesting point. There's, uh, the penalties are at least, but I right. know that the group can still get put on the clock. Okay. Right. Maybe that's um, it. That's a, that's a good point, Rick. I didn't, I hadn't thought about that. So I, I, um, I don't have a great answer for you on that, but I know the feeling when your group is slow, when you're behind, it's, uh, it, it definitely changes play when there's a group right on your tail yeah. and you feel like you're getting pushed or you feel like you got to catch up and you're out of position. Um, it, it can get a little stressful and it can change your pace. So he said it felt like they were sprinting for the rest of the back nine and Harris English made it very clear. He, when he got to his ball, uh, he said he could not slow himself down. He could not kind of get back into that same groove. He pointed to the tee shot on 14 that he said he pulled the trigger on. He wasn't ready. It might've been a, it might've been a shank. It was that far out to the right into the water. That was his second double bogey on a par three on the back nine. He doubled 11. He doubled 14. He made a bogey on the par five 16. He was, he was out of control. I, I mean, it was so shocking to see how well he had played for three and a half rounds, Greg, to get this version of Harris English over the final nine holes. And for the guy who's so smooth and under control and plays in great tempo to all of a sudden start losing it left and right, it's uh, it's concerning. And it's a sign that pace changed, to your point, Rick, which I think very clearly happened. And look, a lot of people are, are talking about Bryson and kind of rolling their eyes at him on this. Um, but this is something that can happen when somebody in the group or somebody's in the group start getting into penalty situations where you need rulings and they're difficult. I mean, the situation up against the fence is a complicated one and you need, whether you like Bryson or not, you need to get a ruling. If we've learned anything from Patrick Reed in those situations, you need to go ahead and get a ruling. So um, that just takes time and you get a little bit farther behind. And typically the last group on Sunday plays a little bit slower anyway. So yeah. it, it just, it kind of, it, it piles up. And all of a sudden you're behind and now you got to rush and it, it can get tough. We don't need to do a whole deep dive into this because we're going to have plenty of off season stuff to talk about, but should the final group be allowed to be put on a clock? Like who care? I, I understand if it's taking them nine hours to play 18 holes and that potentially you're going to have a playoff and we've got coverage windows, but like, does it really matter if the final group is falling behind? 
it's a it's a good point, but I think it does, Rick. And the reason is slow play can affect fast players, but fat it's very hard for a fast player to affect a slow player. But it's very easy for a slow player to affect a fast player. Um, and I think of Brooks Kepka at the Open Championship, right? He he is um, in a situation where he gets paired with JB Holmes and says right away, "I knew I couldn't win." So you know that all of a sudden, right? Your your pace. The pace has an effect. We saw it with Harris today. The pace has an effect on everybody. Um, not that I'm casting any blame here, um, as many are. I, I'm I'm personally not. But the pace has an effect. And it, it only works in one way. That's why people have such a big problem with slow play. That's why we got to solve the issue. That's why the last group has to keep up with the pace because somebody could go four-corner stall and really take the air out, and, and it makes it unfair if it's intentional. So Harris English ends up shooting a 40 on his inward nine, a 40, and he gives himself a crack at it on 18. Um, I mean, I actually thought the shot, the was it his approach on 17 and then the two shots he hit into 18? I thought he finally got his groove back. He had a great shot into 18, had a putt at it to get into a playoff. He missed it. So he is now on the outside looking in so we can kind of turn the page on Harris English. But I thought it was at least, listen, uh, if I was Harris English, uh, you would have not have seen me with Amanda Balionis uh, giving an interview afterwards. So a uh, tip of the cap to Harris for at least showing up and answering questions. Yeah, I agree. It's tough, um, especially when earlier in that day, at the same time when I was saying this is going to get boring, the question running in my head is, are Harris English's three wins on the PGA Tour, do those match? Uh, or does he have any chance at player of the year ahead of uh, Colin Morikawa or Bryson DeChambeau? Um, does it, does the fact that he was in the same group with Bryson in this and he, and he beat him, does that put him ahead? So that, those are the things that I'm thinking. Uh, and I'm, I hope he wasn't thinking them at that time. Um, and I'm sure he wasn't, but, uh, yeah, things changed quickly. So with Harris English being out of the mix, uh, it left us with three golfers going into a playoff. Hideki Matsuyama shot a 63 on Sunday. He went 64-63 on the weekend to post a number, hangs around, everyone melts down around him. He's in the playoffs. Sam Burns, similar, shot a Sunday 64. He's in the clubhouse for a while, hanging around with Billy Horschel. He's in a playoff. And then Abe Answer is in, I don't know, he had to have been in the, penultimate group the second to last group he was with cam smith yeah so he was with cam smith um on 18 we can talk about the cam smith thing we got to talk about but answer actually has a let's see 29 footer for birdie on 18 to end this thing in regulation and we know the story with abe answer right for the longest time he was the highest ranked player in the world who did not have a pga tour victory who did not have a european tour victory he has had all these close calls greg he had a chance in regulation to end it missed it and now we go to a three-way playoff um I can't I can't believe looking at his scorecard that this is the guy that won. Right. I mean, <laughs> I can't believe it. He shot he's at 14 under. He's four back going into the day. Harris reaches 20 and and all he does is shoot 68. But it just took 68. It, it would it's amazing. It was so steady. And and he's the guy, Rick, who like we talked about on um we, we talked about this on Friday, how Abraham answer would have a chance because he, of his ball striking ability. He just hits fairway. He continues to hit fairways, yeah. continues to hit greens. He, he didn't hit that many greens over the weekend. 
Um, but he did have a great short game. His short game was great. He was sixth for the week around the green. Um, the putting was solid, even though the one didn't go in in regulation on 18. Um, then he was mad at himself for leaving it short and all that. But the guy is just so steady one way or the other. And he impresses me so much. We were asking the question, are we going to start asking, are we going to start wondering with her, <laughs> with, uh, with Abraham, is it time for him to get a victory? Um, is there something wrong with him for not? And yeah. sure enough, he wins the same week. Sure enough, he does. So the first playoff hole, so they played 18 twice. The first playoff hole, Hideki Matsuyama had, I believe it was 18 feet, one inch putt to win this golf tournament, to end it, to fly back from Tokyo, uh, to, to go out, lead the field by a mile in strokes, gain T to green. He lips out an 18-footer that, Greg, I'm telling you, six inches out, it, it looked good. It, it was that. I don't know how that ball didn't drop. I don't either. I, I um, was stunned and he hits such a good putt and it's the thing that Hideki struggles with. And you're, I know, you're thinking, I All know. Right, well, when, when answer misses, when Burns misses, you're thinking, okay, this is, um, we're going to go to another playoff hole and then the ball, it, it's going to go it, Now it's going to go in. Oh, Hideki won. Did Hideki Matsuyama just win? No, oh no, he missed. And now all of a sudden he's, I was just uh, kind of disappointing for Hideki because he did hit such a great putt. And now he gave answer and, and burns these great ball strikers. And, and he is too, but he gave these guys another chance at it, another chance to throw a dart, which is disappointing. But um, for Hideki with that weekend and the putt that he hit in the playoff and the shots he hit in the playoff too. I mean, all four shots yeah. were really impressive. So, um, uh, yeah, tip of the cap to Hideki for a great week. All right, let's bring in another perspective here. One from the course. That's Mark Immelman. Mark, first of all, good to have you. Welcome. Hello, boys. Um, I'm, my shirt's kind of damp. I'll just I'll leave it with that. <laughs> That's okay. It's black. We can't tell from here. Uh, Mark, we are we're in the midst of breaking down this playoff. We've discussed the first hole. We have not gotten to the excited, exciting second hole yet. But you were out there on the course. This was, um, you know, we had talked about the three guys at the top going into the final round being Harris English, Bryson DeChambeau, Cam Smith, kind of all melting away and giving way to three other guys to get into this playoff. Was there a vibe? Was there a sense out there that things were going sideways for a lot of golfers? Um, you know, the golf course began to play like we were expecting it to play like it normally does. You know, a place where power is a good score, a place where if you – just get one into the rough all of a sudden with the greens that little bit firmer and with a few wins and stuff, it's harder to keep the ball on these small targets. So out there, you knew that par was going to be a good score, especially coming in on holes like 11 where the wind's all over the show, 12 definitely, a 13 was playing easy-ish, 14's always hard, 15, uh, the short par four into the wind. I mean, it was like single file down there, straight into the fan. And you know if you drive in the rough, you're essentially cooked. And uh, 17 is always a challenge. So you got the sense that par was good. And once or twice I spoke with uh, Cam Smith. He was quite chatty out there. And they didn't really know what was going on behind. Um, and then all of a sudden you, I saw him and Abraham both watching leaderboards a little bit more. And then, and then all of a sudden the two of them were in the lead. And mm -hmm. it was almost incomprehensible, which makes to me, look, I know he went with driver almost all day long. That was Cam Smith's MO. He did it all Saturday, all today. The decision downwind with driver off 18 was kind of funky to me, you know, because he's long enough to probably hit, you know, his little seven wood and play and hit a, some sort of nine iron wedge to the green. So 
you, you, you sort of got the feeling that Parra was a good score, but we didn't know what was going on behind um, because the way the wind was blowing, there were huge crowds. You, you couldn't really hear much noise either. I have a little bit of a bone to pick with Cam Smith's uh, maybe choice on his second shot as well. We'll get to that more in just a second, but let's round out our foursome. It's Kyle Porter KP. If I would have told you before the day started when the lead was at 18 under par and TPC Southwind had just rolled over and laid down for everybody all week long, that 16 under was going to get you into a playoff. Could, could you have fathomed that outcome? And that nobody in the final pairing was going to be in that playoff, by the way, yeah. uh, that's on you for expecting a guy that wears a mullet to, to make the conservative play on 18. There. <laughs> I mean, you're right. That's, that's a bad, that's a, that's a bad, a, that, you know, me trying to that's figure a out problem. Yeah. That's a me problem. Yeah. Yeah, it. exactly. Man, that was, what a day it was. It was, it, it looked early on. Like it was going to be kind of not boring, but just straightforward. <laughs> that's what Greg said. Greg said the same thing. <laughs> Did you say that Greg? <laughs> yeah, I well, I didn't say straightforward. I just said boring. <laughs> and then it just turned into it was kind of, I mean, when you know Bryson's melting down, I felt bad for her. A single, like there was just a lot going on. And when there's a lot going on, that always makes for fun events. It was, you know, it was like a mayhem, like me commercial. You guys watching from the couch must be fun because let me tell you something. I didn't have a rubber end of the golf club in my hands, and I felt the tension of the final round for a World Golf Championships event. And each hole, it grew. Because as the winds freshened and as they gusted, I was like, goodness gracious, this place is a handful. And and so it was anything but boring, Greg. Oh, come on now. Hey, I said I thought it was going to be boring. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and by the way, the, like, there's no way from my couch I could hit it in the water at 11. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was thousands of miles away. <laughs> I watched Cam Smith hit a ball there that just looked like it stood up. It looked like something punched it and just slapped it straight out of the air. And and we got there. He thought it was on the grass. So did I. And then Trevor says, is this ball in the bunker? And I was like, I didn't think so. And I asked him on 12. I'm like, I thought your ball was in the grass. He goes, so did I. He goes, can you imagine if Abrahams hit the lip and kicked back in the water? It was It was grueling out there for a while. Let's pick this up in the second playoff hole, gentlemen. And uh, Abe answer stuffs one in there to a couple of feet. Sam Burns had essentially the same shot that he hit uh, on the first playoff hole. I believe it was the same club. Stuffs it in there even closer. And Greg, listen, I, I know if we played this hole a thousand times in a row, these putts a thousand times in a row, I want to be Sam Burns. All right. I'm, I'm closer than Abraham answer. I'm going to be able to see the line, all that good stuff. But once answer makes the putt, and Burns has to step up knowing that he's now supposed to make it. Uh, what does Mark say? Strokes gained sphincter tightening. That was that moment right there. First in always, first in always wins. First in always wins. Uh, that, that's exactly what I was going to say there, Mark. Right? It's 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 a match play at its finest. It, it's the strategy where you might hit a three wood in match play off the tee, so you hit the first approach shot into a green rather than hitting driver. So they they were so close in that situation that. Um, it, it was in answer's hands and it really, it becomes such a hard putt for Sam Burns, uh, after answer makes, if answer misses, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he might, he might pick up his coin, right? He might be walking it in the way tiger did to Abraham. <laughs> I, I don't know if you have enough time from only five feet or six feet, whatever it was. 
um, <laughs> but it was it, it was um, definitely an advantage for answer because it was kind of a well, Mark's probably going to say I'm wrong here, but it was kind of a simple putt, right? Very makeable putt, and the challenge <laughs> of the putt is the pressure. So having yeah, the first hey, go yes. at it, right? Uh, hey, it's well, easy. It's easy great. from home. Hey, real quick, I wanted yeah, to ask. Totally. I wanted to ask you guys if answer was, or I guess not now, but was coming into this week, the best player on the PGA tour without a win. Yes. So I, I know for a long time, he was um, the like best ranked player in the world without either a PGA tour win or a European tour win. Now I think that Scotty Scheffler more recently has taken over that because he's ranked better and doesn't, doesn't have either either. Um, but I, I think, and Greg and I were kind of even alluding to, and I think we talked about this on Thursday or Friday, Greg, what was it? Friday, Friday. where like, when do we start asking the questions about why he hasn't won yet or anything like that? So when you start asking that KP, I think, I think, yeah, he, he would be the best player without a victory. Yeah. I think it was probably, I was looking it up. I think it's him, Scheffler or, uh, Fitzpatrick maybe. Yeah. He hasn't won. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's got some worldwide. He's got stuff. some worldwide stuff, which is yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but it was you know we we answer's been so good for the last two years. He's got four solo seconds in the last three years at at like good tournaments, Northern Trust, Wells Fargo, like legit, you know, top two finishes. And so much of how we measure this stuff is just binary. It's just win. it's win or loss. So I was glad for him that he finally has this tally mark in, you know, that win column that we can, you know, we don't have to point to all the other stuff to say, wait, Abraham answer is really good. We can, we can also point to the win and say, and he's got a win to prove it. So I was glad for that for him. And I think he's a ton of fun to watch. He's just, you know, I, was, I followed him around at, uh, at Augusta last year when he was kind of in it, he played, really bad on Sunday when DJ won, but he's just, you know, he, he, you watch him play and he's not a, he, he doesn't, he's not imposing like a ROM or a DJ or a, you know, some of the bigger names on true, but he's just, he, he just hits everything on the screws. Like he's just really good. And it's not as pretty as maybe some other guys, but it's, it's really solid. So I was, I was glad for him. I, I think he's a ton of fun. Mark, it's going to move him to the number 11th ranked player in the world. He is going to edge out Jordan Spieth. Spieth is going to be 12. Rory is going to be 13. Abe answer is going to be 11, just like we all drew it up before the year started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, Kyle makes a good point. He's not going to blow your hair back, but he hits it sound and he hits the ball in both directions. And he's got swagger about him in a funny sort of a way. Uh, the, the, yeah, the guy, he does. He's got tons of self-belief, and I made the quip. I'm not sure what hole it was on. It might have been 17, you know, because it got a bit hair-raising, some of the putts down grain on the greens where the wind's blowing because they were fast. I mean, these things were rolling in almost the 13-foot clip there. And if you're on the wrong side of the hole, they were tough to judge. We saw that with Harris English. We saw that with Cam Smith. And he just looked like he had such a steady hand the, or the entire time. And I was curious because then on 18 – He's got this slick putt down the hill, and he leaves the thing like this. And I was thinking to myself, well, job one, well done. He walks off the green, and he looked like he was thunderous. <laughs> and I was like, what's up, dude? And he's like, well, I'd left a couple putts short with a chance. And that's when I'm like, all right, this boy doesn't play for money. He doesn't mm. play for points. He's playing for titles. And, and, and then the shot he hit in the playoff 
the first go around. I mean, we can we can point to the wedge on the whatever hole it was, the second that essentially won it for him. But that nine iron hit out of that horrid lie off an upslope. I mean, that thing had like long right written all over it, and he gets this thing out there perfectly, judges it well on the green, and had a putt for birdie. So he's got the tools, and more importantly, he's got some self belief by none. And and I, I don't care if you drive a 350 off the tee. He's like, well, whatever, man. I'm going to wear you out with my hybrids and my five irons and by all by far and away my putting and my chipping. The um, shot he Mark, hit into – go ahead, Greg. Oh, I was just going to say, I think I know what shot you're talking about, by the way. But <laughs> um, to your point about him playing for titles, my I became an Abraham Answer fan at the American Express. We talked about this Friday night too, Rick. Yeah. Um, at the American Express a couple years ago when Andrew Landry won, and he made this charge and came in second. We and, went deep on Friday night when we were talking yeah, about the American Express that Andrew Landry won a couple of years right. ago. Sorry, Greg. But Answer <laughs> made this run, and he cut, he ends up finishing second, and he shot 63 in the final round. And the interview that he gave after that round made me a fan because he was ticked off. Like, I'm thinking, man, what this is like a career changing second place finish for this guy. He locks up his car. He's in great shape for the rest of the year. And he's ticked off that he didn't make the putt on 18 to tie. Oh, yeah. He was so upset. It was such a high level of intensity. I said, this guy, this guy's got something. I want to yeah. share this with you. Okay. This is his favorite quote. I've got, got this in my yardage book, my workbook for the day. It's by a guy called Zig Ziglar. And this is Abraham's fa uh, f um, favorite quote. You are the only person on earth who can use your ability. And when I wow. read this, I was like, that's exactly how he plays. He doesn't give a continental stuff, whether you hit it like Ram or Rory or Tiger or whatever. He's like, watch me. I, I want he's like, what I want Tiger was in the opening match of the President's Cup. I might get beaten, but I'm me, I'm back in me, and uh, let's go because I'm ready. And, and that's what I like about him. I love that. What shot, KP, did you want to talk about? Uh, what's the par five on the back? Sixteen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the I think he hit a three wood, and he was a five. Yeah, he he pured it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was like on the money, and it just it was I don't know seven yards too long, and it just yeah. kind of rolled over. But that was that was when that was at the point where it was like, oh, this is everybody's in it now, and he just flushed it. It was it was awesome, and it's you know. It's funny you say that, Kyle, because that show was good. The, the, what stands out to me on that hole was that putty hit. That I, I nearly had bile in my throat after that because he's got like 10 feet, 12 feet downhill. This guy rolls the ball at the hole all the time. Um, he's watched the ball roll by the hole, and he's left this thing lazily like a foot outside the right edge of the hole. And I was like, no, dude, this is not Abraham answers, what I'm thinking to myself. So, so yes, the shot he hit was great, but, man, the putty hit was just uh, – it was completely out of character. Abraham answer on the board, his first PGA Tour victory. He will wake up as the number 11-ranked player in the world. But uh, let's talk about some of the meltdowns. And I, I, won't say, I won't say Cam Smith's was a, a meltdown. He, he shot a 70, but he was even par going into 18. And Greg – um, he's even par going into 18. So he is at 16 under, which is the number that gets you into a playoff. So par gets you into a playoff. Now he doesn't necessarily know that yet. Answer is going to have a chance to make birdie. Uh, Mark already took umbrage with potentially hitting driver on 18. I take umbrage with whatever he was trying to do from the right hand side there, which looked to be 
hit in non-existent window. Um, it, was size, it was the size of my laptop computer I'm looking at right now. If, if, if he and I were looking at the same window, that, I mean, I was like, holy cow. This is where angels fear to tread. It Jeez. smacks a tree, goes OB, and then he did what he should have done, which is play, drops it in the exact same spot, chips it out, sticks it to five feet and makes the putt and would have gotten himself into a playoff. It, it's such a – because he makes – gets up and down after chipping out it makes yeah. it look like such a bonehead move yes it um, does and, and also hearing mark say that the window is act- sometimes you don't know on tv what the window actually looks like do they have an, an avenue can they get it into the right bunker what is there what are they looking at you can't always tell from tv so hearing that from mark it confirms how um how silly of a decision it was along with what we saw him do afterwards but my thought before that was well maybe Maybe there was more of a window than we thought. He had a bad shot, but this is the kind of thing. This is the Phil Mickelson thing where it, it costs him. There are many memorable losses, but at the same time, you end up with 40, 45 wins. Yeah, however yeah. Many it's an interesting oh, so comp I, there. I, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> we, Greg said this before, and I said when Cam when Cam that, Smith gets forty four wins, he can go for any window he wants. <laughs> it's not the, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's as good. I'm just saying there's a there's a mentality sometimes that allows you to win, but it can also lead to losses. Um, but you you don't know what you're looking at on TV. So hearing what Mark said, I I go with um with what you both have said. Well, look. I, I took a look down the line and I had to get out of the way for the cameras. And then him and Sam were looking up and I'd seen something. And it wasn't very big. Now I'm not sure that was what they were looking at. I saw low and left, but let's not forget that this is the modern era of golf where they play probability and they play statistics for all of you statistical guys. And the statistics say the closer you get it to the green, the better your, your chances are. But here's my issue. First off the play off the tee downwind. You're jacked up, so the ball's going farther, and it's hot as hell, so the ball's going farther. So there's three strikes against you, and I respect Cam Smith. And then the guy's like fourth on tour from about 100 to 125 yards. And on nine, he's gotten it up and down after rinsing one from about 125 yards. So I was like, in the fairway, get yourself something around 100 yards. You've got a good shot. He did it yesterday, yet he still had a go. And it was unfortunate the ball kicked out of bounds, let's be honest. But 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 I, I I'm still curious at, at the shot selection off the tee and then the second. Bryson, Desham, <laughs> Bo. <laughs> He's up next. Um, okay, let's go to a break so we can carve on, out an hour. On on paper, you know, if you just wake up, read the newspaper, T eight looks looks good. If you didn't pay attention all week long, all Sunday long, uh, but KP, this this started out great. For Bryson, he uh, he immediately eliminates the two shot deficit on the first hole. He is tied through one. He makes another birdie on three, and then things start to get a little bit hairy. But the back nine is where his dreams were dashed. He made a bogey on ten. He made a triple on eleven. He made a bogey on fifteen and another on eighteen. And when all is said and done, it was a forty one coming in to shoot a 74 um not not great bob <laughs> <laughs> no it was uh it was not great i don't even know where to begin i mean you know it's it, it, the bigger picture i was thinking about how if, if you go so data golf has this really good tool where you can look at how guys performed in final rounds based on where they entered final rounds and so i looked his numbers up when he enters in the top 5 over the course of his career, 
he's really really good on Sundays when he when he when he enters like when he's in it on like going into the final round like like way better than maybe you would think and definitely better than most of the top players in the world and two of his three worst per- Sunday performances when he's been in the top five going into the final round have been the last two times he's been in it which was Tory Pines 44 in the back and then today with with the 41 on the back and he keeps, you know, I, I heard Dottie Pepper said this on the broadcast. He's bad, you know, getting bad breaks, bad bounces. It's like, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, he he had a couple, you know, downhill slopes on, on his approach shots. But what is that? What is Mark doing? I'm trying to adjust my mic, sorry. Uh, I thought he was showing me something that I, yeah, yeah, that I needed to see. Uh, He just, he, the thing that that stood out to me, he gets going in the wrong direction and mentally he's just gone. I mean, there's like with Harris English, it was like, okay, I, it seemed like he was trying to get it back, trying to get it back, finally got it back on 18 and had a shot to get in the playoff. Bryson, you kind of knew from the, the six on 11, that's it. Like it's not coming back. It's over. And I just feel like there's a lot more going on mentally there than ever before over the course of his career. And you have to wonder if that's connected to all this Brooks nonsense and, and just everything surrounding him uh, over the last year and a half. I have, I have a quote about that, but go ahead, Mark. <clears throat> I, look, I didn't get to see it. I was with the group in front. But when I heard he drove it in the water on 10, I know the front side was a bit scrappy, and that's to be understood. You know, it was difficult out. It was the different wind to what we had seen the entire week. The golf course changed its personality on you, so you're trying to react on the fly. And the ball was going farther, and I heard him complaining about the fact that the ball was going farther than his calculations were figuring out. So I can concede that. But if you know this, you don't drive the ball in a freaking hazard across the 10th fairway. That is just asinine. I don't care who you are. Uh, you, 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 you hit five iron off the tee and you get a wedge into the green because this is what he does. And you give yourself four options, three, and then you move along. But he's driven the ball in the crosswater, which you know how far it is, and it's downhill, and you know the fairways are firm. And to me, that set the pins, the domino pins going in one direction. Mm-hmm. Then on, ten, on 11 then, 11 wasn't a bad shot. I stood in that hole with the group prior. I watched Anser hit one out of the middle of the club that got slapped out of the air by the breeze. Came up shy. I watched Cam Smith, who's longer, go with the same club. Same thing happened, and it came up short in the bunker. So I'm like, oh, yikes, this is hard. Because then 12, you're playing straight into the wind. So those two holes there were hair-raising. But 10, you get yourself a look for birdie. You don't drive it in the water across the fairway. That is, guys with a name on their bag should not be doing that sort of stuff because they know how far it is and they know how far the ball's going. Well, and that's a little bit what I'm talking about is some of the decisions that he made. Even the shot he had on when did he hit it out of bounds or close to out of bounds on six, I think. His third shot there, it wasn't – he had a pretty clear path and he just – I don't know. It was like he, he wasn't it, playing. He hit the, no, he hit, he hit it fat and it kicked up high into the tree in front of him. That's what that was. Okay. So I, I also I think he by the way, Mark, he hit his provisional on six fat as well. Um the, the three wood off the tee, it looked fat on the on the broadcast too. Oh no, I was talking about the first one. Look, you're sitting there and the wind's coming in from this angle. So for a right hander, it's always hard. You know what it's like, Greg, when the wind's across your back and you can easily leave the thing out to yeah. right foot. 
And, and so that happens, and you get one riding the wind, and then it gets on the ground. I can see that happening. Uh, then he gets very lucky. The ball's not out of bounds. The next shot, you pull yourself an eight iron or something and squib it along the ground to the front of the green. You don't try and deal off the wedge. My goodness, then he hits the thing heavy and it kicks up in the tree in front. I'm like, come now, you're better than this. That's what I was saying is it didn't seem like that, like it seemed like he made the shot harder than it actually was. Mm. And that, and that's a little bit of like mentally, he just seems a little lost, which is weird for somebody who's won what eight is it eight times? Does he have eight wins on tour? Seven eight or nine, right? I thought he had eight or nine. Whatever it is, he those are not mistakes. Those are mistakes you should be making if you're, you know, Victor Hovland, not Bryson DeChambeau, and you've been out there for six years. So I, I think the mental part of it is just go ahead, Rick. With your he, he has eight. Yeah. Let's dive into the mental part of this. And and Greg, I think you can help out with this as well because Shane Ryan walked with uh the English Bryson group, and then he, he actually asked uh Harris English about this because apparently things were uh, pretty hot and heavy against Bryson in Memphis. So here's the question. Shane Ryan says, I walked with you guys on the back nine. At times it felt like the fan treatment of Bryson was getting was of Bryson was getting borderline abusive. I want to get maybe your perspective as a playing partner. This is Harris English's quote. Yeah, it's not real fair for them to call him Brooksy a lot. It kind of sucks. And obviously he hears it and it affects him a little bit and he doesn't like it. And I think that causes them to do it more. It just sucks that that's out there right now that they're trying to irk people like that. It's just unfortunate. End quote. Yeah. I mean, you read Twitter, you know that it's happening in person too. So people really, really strongly dislike Bryson. Um, and there's no, I mean, I'd love to know the numbers on your t-shirt sales, Rick, team Brooks or team Bryson. I don't know if you sold the <laughs> team. I, I, sold, yes. I sold a couple of, I sold a couple of team Bryson shirts today. Actually. You <laughs> to the fire, bro. Come on now. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it just surprised, it, it's a very, it, they are not on in his corner. He doesn't have a lot of people in his corner and it can be, um, a difficult thing. I, I think back to some of the comments he's made, which Kyle brought up about, you know, how, what he's doing is changing the game and his, um, the world, that I we, think. right. The world, the George Washington comparison, like those things. <laughs> I, I remember the best. So <laughs> that's entertaining. But if you have that kind of, um, mindset your goals are that lofty where you want to change the world in a positive way and all of a sudden what you're doing what you think is great and it's led you to win a u.s open and you've had all this success and you're the first guy i mean that i can think of to gain all this club at speed and have success and win and it works and you're proving the world wrong and it's a uh in your mind as bryson a heroic story yet all of a sudden everybody does, nobody likes you and it's hard to kind of figure out why. And it does, it weighs on you. There's no, there are very few people, I should say. Maybe Patrick Reed's one of them, where when everybody is against you like that, you can handle it. It's a difficult thing to do. So I don't, um, I, I don't think any less of him because it's hard for him. I, I think it's very real. Um, I, I think it's heavy. I think it's really challenging. And that's what he's unfortunately dealing with these days. I think, I think, or I think uh, Greg is, is right. And I think that, you know, what Bryson wants more than anything is to be beloved. And I mean, that's not to get too like deep here, but that's what everybody wants is to be beloved. And I, th I go back to the U S open because I think that Bryson thought, Hey, I won the U S open. I'm the champion of this great event, wing foot, uh, a major, all this different stuff and thought, okay, that will make me beloved. 
and it's gotten way worse since then, right? With and, and so much of that is tied to whatever you want to call the the Kepka thing, and it's just like it. It seems like a, a little bit of a mental spiral. That doesn't mean he's never going to win again. That doesn't mean that he's not still a, a great player. I just I, I think it's I think it's in his in his head a little bit and maybe not, maybe, maybe these were just like two like one-off bad performances among a litany of great Sunday performances over the entire course of his career when he's, when he's really in the mix. But I don't know. I think this is going to be really interesting to watch over the next six months or a year to see, you know, how, how does he mature? How does he kind of respond and, and, uh, and play with everybody you know, more more and more people continuing to dislike him. Your takes are very apropos. Um, it reminds me of when a young Sergio Garcia came out and he used to regrip a few times and the fans <laughs> got after him in the biggest way and it hurt him some. But what he did was he changed what he did and next thing he was beloved. And then he actually relished the fact that he was like public enemy number one when he put on a European Ryder Cup outfit because he sort of used that as fuel for his fire, if you will. But the thing with Bryson, and you see some of it with Rory, you know, there's such a fine line in this game at this level where you're trying to walk between trying just enough and trying too hard. And you can see it with McElroy. You're trying to force the issue at times, and sometimes you make the odd decision instead of just letting the thing come to you. And, and, and we saw a case study in being patient and letting the golf course come to you from Harris English this week. And it was kind of unfortunate that it didn't turn itself into a victory for him. But I tell you this much, if he keeps doing this, he will be successful. But the one thing about this curious game of ours, and I say this all the time, and I know you youngsters laugh at me, but there's a time that you throw the, statistic, the statistics out the window and you just play the thing in the situation. And you look at the situation and you go, like Nick Felder always says to me, he goes, what do I want and what can I get and what can I deliver? And then you, you look at this and go, well, the metrics say X, but right now I've only got Y and I've got to just go with Y because I know that if I do that, I keep myself in the game and then I've got another chance to box in the next round on the next hole. And, and that's the, the, the curious and unfortunate and difficult place Bryson finds himself in where he's trying to force issues mm-hmm. because he has to, be to because he's on brand, he has to now win to prove that his approach to the game has been correct. And here of late, he's been stumbling and there have been a few hiccups. That's golf. If he just goes, well, I keep doing my thing and I keep doing my thing and there'll be chances down the, down the road. But I have to expect that someone who is as intelligent and researched, and I use those terms loosely as what he is, he needs to now review and go, okay, if I want to be a factor in consistently, not just in one event or two events a year, three events maybe, majors, if I want to be a factor consistently, whenever I, whenever I tear it off, it's more than just what I've been doing. It's this bobbing and weaving and ebbing and flowing and, and dealing with a blowback from the fans. And then because the fans have said something, that doesn't mean I change my plan and try and make them a fan because I hit the cover off the golf ball. I'm still trying to make the lowest score. And Feldo said it on the show. He's like, you get your biggest set of blinkers you have, and you just go. And 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 it, I think there's a healthy dose of that required. I think what Mark is saying, and this is the last thing I'll say on it, but I think what Mark is saying is is right. And I think he's essentially saying like, 
just have some humility, right? Have some humility in the way you, what Mark is saying is in the way you're playing and in, in like not trying to hit the heroic shot and just playing what's in front of you. And I would take it a step further and say, have some humility in, in what you say, right? That'll go, like, you don't have to be the smartest dude in the room or act like you're the smartest dude in the room. That, that's why people don't like you, right? That's why, that's why fans are chanting Brooksy at you because you're talking about, you know, physics terms that nobody understands, maybe even including you. Like, that, that just comes off horribly. Like, it just comes off as, as, as he, he thinks it comes off great, and it doesn't. It comes off terribly, and I think that, I think that having humility and, sh- and showing that humility – as he matures will go a long way. I really do. Bryson should be like, there's so much there to appreciate and to like, I've said this over the last several years, like him doing what he did is unbelievably admirable. He was like the ninth best player in the world. And he's like, I'm going to re I'm going to change everything to try to be the best player in the world. Nobody does that. That is, that's awesome. Like people should love that. And yet because of the way he talks about it, everybody hates it. And so I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I feel like a, a little bit of humility would go a long way with him. One more thing. I want to put a bow on this. And, and this sort of came to me, and I should have said it. Golf at the highest, uh, golf at any level. All of you guys know this. Golf at the highest level, especially, is, is riddled with failure. Golf at the highest level is riddled with failure, and it's just more... Um, it's more on display, if you will. So more folks are aware of your failures. And Bryson, with his approach, making it scientific, getting all this data, et cetera, et cetera, is attempting to perfect the game and conquer this game of golf. Now, the most, imp- most talented golfers I've ever seen play are Tiger, Jack Nicklaus, Rory, Ernie Els, Phil. Speed. Speed. Yeah, keep going. Um, uh, those guys have not perfected the game. And the, the reality of this is, guys, all the data in the world is not going to allow you to perfect a game that you play through a living and moving medium in the air and on the ground. And, and you can never perfect it. And if you're expecting perfection, you are putting yourself on a slippery slope. And when it gets in here, <laughs> that's when the real problems begin to arise. And that's my parting shot, just to say, golf is imperfectible. It just always has been, and it always will be. Rick, what do you, what do you think? What's your- I, I think that uh, Bryson is a very complicated, complex individual, both on and off the golf course. I think that um, if he... I think he lacks the emotional intelligence and the way that he is perceived and the way that he interacts with people and cameramen and his peers um, to really get the gains of how great he is at golf and what he is doing. Like what he could be happy Gilmore was loved. He could be happy Gilmore, right? He's just the normal guy who hits it real far and is good at golf. Like that's what he could be. That's the ceiling. Yeah. And like, Unfortunately, he, with the things that he says, with just just every I mean, seemingly he finds a way to get into every single conversation. Um, it, it really makes it hard to like him. I root for him as a golfer. It's 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 sometimes difficult to to, to like him. I think the um, the emotional intelligence uh, 
part of that is is uh, that's well said because that he 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 doesn't have that, and and I think that's a little bit of the humility thing that I'm talking about. Let's turn our attention to Tokyo here, Greg. A little bit of a little bit of good news. A little bit of uh, almost meltdown. Nelly Corda says, "Not so fast." I'll I'll take it from here. Nelly Corda wins the gold medal. She's been on this great run of golf, adding a major championship to her name, uh, getting to the number one spot in the world, and now both. Uh, the men's and the women's Olympic Games ended with an American atop the podium. Yeah, which is um, very cool. Great for America. Happy to see it. Nelly's Nelly's fun to watch. She's really fun to listen to. She kind of almost had a meltdown at uh, at Atlanta Athletic Club as well. Yeah, and handled it beautifully. Handled it with grace. She's just really good, and she's on a on a roll right now. So um, she's fun to watch, and she's got a beautiful golf swing. That again, uh, I've said it now for the third time. She's it, it's fun to watch that golf swing, um, but I love listening to her interviews. She is very humble. Um, she ha- has a lot of humility. She is very calm and confident in what she's doing, and she understands it's simple for her. That's I guess the way I would break it down. When she speaks about her game, it's very simple and it's uh, it's refreshing to watch. I believe I saw Mark, and I'm, I'm looking up the exact time frame here. When she got to the number one player in the world, it was the first time an American woman had gotten that uh, title in, I think, 12 years or something. Like, I'd have to, I'm going to look up the, the full stat, but is she someone that can kind of move the needle a little bit? Are, are little girls out there looking up to the quarter sisters and saying, look what they can do? Like, Is, this, is she a needle mover? I think so. I, 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 to, to Greg's point. I, I want to watch her play. She's she's someone I will turn on the television for. So, absolutely. And then uh, she's a darling when you watch her on social media because she looks like she doesn't take herself too seriously. Like you you watch the post victory um, Instagram hits or whatever you want to call it, where she's like got the medal and she bites on <laughs> it and then she rolls her eyes and stuff. I mean that's just fun. And this is just like the girl next door who happens to hit the ball straight and far and make putts, and now she's a gold medal winner and she's she's relishing this all and she. There's to use, uh, you know, something they use in 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 um, into t- the entertainment business. You can connect with her, and and she, she's not so far above you that you're like, all right, well, this is some superhero. And then to add to that, you know, I'm the big brother of a pretty decent golfer too. There's the sibling thing going on, and what I loved <laughs> was how Jessica. I, I heard a story from someone at Ping or Telemade that said. When she went in there, she goes, well, you're signing me, but that's the one you've got to pay attention to over here. Yeah. And, and I just love that family dynamic, too, because you can see they're in this together. And, and there's, there's a whole lot to like. So, I mean, yeah, I'm a fan, and, and I think she can move the needle. First number one uh, ranked woman American since Stacey Lewis in 2014. So it had been seven years, KP. Speaking of the family, are they are they now like the most athletic family in America? Maybe the world. You got you got Jessica and and Nelly and Sebastian's like uh, a lot of people think he's going to be like the number one tennis player in the world in the next couple of years. Like this is yeah. this family cannot stop being great at stuff. I and actually Dad watched him. tennis too, right? Yes, Dad yeah, wasn't bad. Great. <laughs> I watched him. Uh, I didn't watch a ton of Wimbledon, but I actually had it on kind of during the workday that two week stretch. And I watched a lot of his. I found myself more interested in his matches because of yes. because of of the you know watching the the sisters play Nelly and, and Jessica play golf. And 
he's really good. I mean, I think he's like 20 or 21 yes. or something. Uh, yeah, they're uh, it's pretty impressive what they've done. Hey, Greg, I don't know about you, but all athletes, if you can become a person who goes by one name only, Messi, Ronaldo, you know, Pelé, Michael, Hi, Greg. Nelly, N- Nelly works. I mean, Nelly, you Nelly, can see yeah. that one name. Yeah, absolutely, good. it works. Jessica doesn't quite, that nah, unfortunately nah. doesn't work, but N- Nelly, it's perfect for it. Um, it, it it's um, in golf, there's a couple of great ones that we all know with Tiger, yeah. Jack, and Seve, and Phil. And it, it's, I think, uh, it, I think, I, I think Nelly works. I agree. I think it's deeper. I think it, I think Ernie is a one namer. Um, yeah, golf for sure. Freddie's a one-namer. Yeah. Yeah, Bryson. The only, the only global golfers who can go by one name, there's one of them. Just one. Ernie. Mm-hmm. Gary? <laughs> no, Gary? Ernie? <laughs> Gary. Definitely Gary. So what we did I'm is – to make friends with Mr. Player now. <laughs> yeah, he's trying to smooth this out. I don't think he wants to be friends. <laughs> So what we did here, and Mark, you uh, were not here for this, but we actually drafted teams, gentlemen. Remember that? I have the final results. So what we did. I don't, I don't think they were good for me. <laughs> they, were, they were not, but they were better for you than they were for Greg. So <laughs> I didn't think I was part of this. Okay. So what we did is we took all of the countries that had exactly two representatives in both the men's and the Olympic games, and we drafted teams. So I believe I had the first pick, Greg, I had the second pick KP had the turn. So he got three and four. If I'm remembering that correctly, here's how it shook out. And, uh, it was not going to be missed in the outline because producer Jacob smoked us. (laughs) He ran (laughs) Away with it. 73 under par. So it was best ball. We took the best score, or the, the single best score from the men, the single best score from the women for each one of these countries. Jacob had Australia, Ireland, and China. 73 under par. Uh, I think it was Cam Smith, Hannah Green, Rory McElroy. Uh, I don't know who won out of the women's Irish, but 73 under was 17 strokes better. Did she, okay, so he must have used her score. 17 strokes better than me. I had Japan, Italy, Sweden. Greg, you had the North America. You had Canada, Mexico, and then you threw Spain in there. You finished at 44 under. It was it was it was not great. I needed John Rom. You needed John Rom. <laughs> Hate and to see it. KP with Great Britain, Thailand, and Denmark, you would have done better in. What sport would you have done better in? Uh, I watched the modern pentathlon. I think that's, that's what it was. That's called. insane. It's it's insane. wild. It's wild. It's, yeah, it's like it's like they just drew sports out of a hat and were like, "Well, this is the modern pentathlon." <laughs> yeah, like, how does it make sense? It's a if I can, re- it's equestrian. There's a running and shooting aspect of it. There's a fencing swimming. aspect to it There's and swimming. a swimming aspect to it. Okay, so I was I was deep on the modern pentathlon wiki the other day. So it it's sure. all based who, who off of it? yeah. It was after the that just gut-wrenching video of the horse that wasn't listening to the rider and that was that was terrible Uh, and that got me thinking what the heck is the modern pentathlon it's based off of what would make an ideal infantryman so sort of the original i heard that the original pentathlon was like what makes a good greek foot soldier so the modern version is like what what makes a good like soldier so that's where the modern comes from that's where the run run shooting comes from we do a lot and, of we do a lot of fencing in, in the army <laughs> oh, right. Right. 
<laughs> well, modern, modern in this case was like the, I think the end of the 1800s. <laughs> oh boy. Well, what producer you, Jacob, Rick, congratulations. Rick, yes. Rick, before you move along. Okay. Cause you know, we all like to have a little bit of a needle on coach and you he's do. not around. So this is perfect because I want to remind all of you to when coach said, Traveling back from Tokyo to America is the worst thing on the human body in the history of forevers. And he goes, so I'm fading everyone who played in the Olympics last week for the World Golf Championships this week. Cam Smith, uh, Abraham Anser, Hideki. I mean, <laughs> these guys were lining up. They just brought the form on their pri private charter all the way over here and played beautifully in Memphis too. It's like coach not yeah. yeah, actually, a lot of these guys played and played, played well this week. What is everybody's favorite random Olympic event? Just off the top of your head. Like, not the basketball. Relays. The relays. Any what relay. That? Okay. Oh, so the one that impressed... I, I love watching the 100 meters. I love watching the sprinters, but that is not... That's uh, very common. The one that yeah. kind of really threw me off guard this time around was the open water swimming they swam this mm. they were swimming for like four hours they were two hours in the leaders were two hours in in the open water swimming around and they have <laughs> four of seven laps completed so the, like, the number the number of olympic events in which i would die if i competed in them is <laughs> Not <laughs> low. I would. I. Uh, I mean, the ten meter diving, I would die. Uh, the open water swimming, the marathon, the synchronized swimming, I'd probably drown. I mean, it. Like, I'll, I'll tell you. Polo. Here, here water is the best polo. one that I, I got die. into. Yeah, I only saw this too. once. Um, race walking. Did you guys? See oh, race I saw it. I saw it too. The fifty k. The fifty k. It took four hours. You're not allowed to run, hey, but you're I mean, trying your, to. Your shins. Your shins have to be made of steel. <laughs> wait, wait. Rick, this is the one thing that Kyle Porter can do so well. You should see him walking fast at Augusta National up and down those hills. He's a pro at it. I mean, that's because you, you're not allowed to run there. So you see Kyle going. Have you been training, yeah. Kyle? I mean, Augusta for a week every year. The one, <laughs> the one that I get into is uh, team handball. Yeah, that's good. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm always impressed with water, with water polo too. Because I'm like, how can, they, how can they be swimming and like treading water for this long? Oh, I thought yeah. they could touch. I don't think so. Pool's not three feet. No, I'm, I'm <laughs> no, okay. Yeah, he's kidding. <laughs> I'd be less I, impressed if they could touch. I, I spoke with a few golfers who stayed in the Olympic Village, and they go, they've never felt so inadequate in their life than when they walked into the gymnasium in the Olympic Village, and you're watching these guys just pushing weight around the place and jumping like gazelles. Like it's just a different type of human being over there. It's, it's incredible. And that's trying to tell me that golfers are not the elite athletes that's in just, the world that we think they yeah. are. <laughs> I was going to say, that's just the rhythmic gymnasts that are doing that. <laughs> uh, all right, gentlemen, here's what we've got to do. One last thing. Um, it's the one and done update. We're going to yeah. do it on the other you side. And you don't want to miss it because we have a new leader. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that 
needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, They've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there, and I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now, here's what you can do for four our listeners. Uh, first-time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, Not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out, viore.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain. Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between, but solving foot pain is simple. And that's where super feet comes into play. These super feet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. And we're back. One and done. We have one, two, three events left, right? Three events to go. Wyndham, no, four. Wyndham no, and the three playoff we're, we're doing We're doing tour championship, right? We're, yes. we're doing something. Tour championship. Yeah. So take the, take the payouts from this week. The top 30 payouts from this week, double them. That's what we're getting for the tour championship. And also you have to consider the starting strokes. Yeah, I think there's a, it's like the scoring, the diving, there's a degree of difficulty involved. Like we, it's, it's become very, you throw scores out. It's become complex. Here we go. One and done update. Uh, speaking of coach and him not being here, he went with Daniel Berger, got $380,000. He is still in last. He got to 5 million producer, Jacob. Come back. You got to $5.6 million. Um, you tried to victory lap Harris English a couple times this week. I noticed, mm. uh, and I'm glad I didn't do that for you because instead of getting you, I don't know what first was, one point, whatever, he got you 515000 A good week, but I think you were looking for a little bit more. I tried to victory lap Harris English after Bryson was hitting the ball practically out of bounds, you know, up against fences today on the front <laughs> nine, feel- and it still didn't work. Did you feel good after 11? Did you feel like you had 1.8 in the bank? Uh, So I tell you what, I was driving today and listening on the radio. Shout out Doug Bell and the PGA Tour radio crew. (laughs) And after after Harris English makes his double bogey on the par 3 14th, my service just goes completely out. And I'm just sitting in the blind for 30 minutes. And then I finally get back into coverage. 
and I see uh, him missing the birdie putt to get into the playoff, and nothing was more heartbreaking than that. Uh, I thought I was going contrarian with with English, and you know I was going to see you fools all pick Daniel Berger, and you know I was and I was going to you know you know victory lap it, uh, you know, and then what happens? Berger comes back today, and I end up getting hardly any money. I don't know if you remember the shot that Sebastian Munoz hit on like the second hole at the John Deere in the fourth round. I can promise the, you he doesn't I remember. I remember that. I remember that. that <laughs> I don't shank. remember that. That shank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what, shank? that's what Harris English looked like on 14. So you were, it was good that you didn't get to witness it. Goodness. At least Munoz's was the ball was two feet above his feet out of the rough and it was wet, not teed not up. On a tee. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it right. was, that was like maybe the worst shot Harris English has ever hit. It was so bad. Good job, Jacob. $515,000 gets you to 5.6 million. KP, you went with one Louis Oosthuizen, uh, $128,000 for Louis. 8.3 million. You are 1.6 off the lead, but we got some big purses coming up. And I think you have some, you have some, some guys horses. Left, right? Yeah, you got some horses. I've got enough horses to compete in the modern pentathlon. I've got uh, DJ, Rory, and JT still left. So as long as I, as Giddy long as up. Mark plays them in the wrong combination and I play them in the right combination, I feel good. <laughs> Mark, you're up next. You went with DB Straight Vibe in TPC Southwind, 380000 You broke through the $9 million mark, so you are now just $900,000 off the lead. We know you've been saving, I believe, Rory for Eastlake. We know you're rolling out. Oh, JT, we know you're rolling out Webb next week, who, hey, went out and shot yeah, something on a Sunday. Yeah, he's, yeah, getting yeah. The, he's getting the four mark. Um, so that leaves you with just two other picks to make. Do you want to reveal them on the show right now? Well, I got Rory, and I gotta, I gotta, I, I, I'm going to play a little close to the vest because this week I was, uh, I was between Harris and Daniel, so Jacob can't call me a complete fool. And I was back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, okay, I know Greg's going with Berger. I'll pick the same thing and just sort of play the stalemate. I wish I'd gone with Harris, even though he stumbled toward the end, but I'll take it. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm within shouting distance, and uh, Greg Ducharme knows it. He does. That is correct. Well, now Greg, that you've told me, I do. Yes. Greg Ducharme is in the lead because I went with Shane Lowry, $110,000. I think I had a quick math... I had like a fifty thousand dollar lead over Greg. Greg, you went with Daniel Berger, got it, that three hundred eighty thousand. You are now trying your best to break through the ten million dollar mark. You are at nine point nine million. You have the lead by less than two hundred thousand. So this is coming down the stretch with lots of big. So you're telling me whoever wins the tour championship is getting? We're giving them three point six million. Yeah, baby. That's right. Hey, yeah, um, it's the so, ultimate prize in golf. <laughs> the ultimate prize. Might as, well give, might as well do the whole uh, payout. Fifteen. So basically, this is uh, far, from, far, far, far from over. But it's right. been a long season. Um, you know, fifty. We're, we're doing fifty events, right? We we got nearly fifty events 
on our schedule. Maybe we may, may have missed a couple of opposite field events, but uh, it's been a long way. Uh, we've picked a lot of players and we're coming right down to it. And it's really, I mean, it's been quite a race um, and there are a lot of big horses left. So Mark, I know you're there. Um, Kyle is also, I, I know you're there um, and I'm going to do my best to stay aggressive. Who have you got left? Who have you got left? I think he has a well, lot of guys left, actually. You'll find, does, you'll find out. Yeah, exactly. I think I got Bryson and Rory. I, I got I got some uh, big names. You don't I have Rory. You have Bryson. Um, yeah. I thought you had... Uh, maybe not. I don't know if Bryson's playable right now. I've been sitting on Bryson for six weeks not knowing what to do with him. He I may be... Yeah. Fired, I fired my shot at Tory, and I was, you know... Dancing around like Jacob after 63 holes. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Jacob in every outline this week was like, producer Jacob had Harris English to win the one and done. And I was like, I'll spare you a potential disaster by not bringing this up. And sure enough, here I am. Yeah. So it, it's been like a little bit of like survive in advance. It, it's been really hard to save guys because it's been tight the whole way. And you, you want to stay in it. Until now, but um, the cool thing about this format is we're really going to see the strategy pay off at the end. Who was able to restrain themselves and also get like saving Rory to the end may be great if Rory's playing well at the end. The same thing with Bryson, having Bryson's great um, throughout the entirety of the year until um, he tops it at the players, basically. So it's been very interesting. But I, I, I'm excited to see how the last events play out. I, I'm, I'm going to do Brooks on you. You know, a field of 144 players. 50 of them can't win. Then 30 of them are not going to be playing very well. And then <laughs> 10 of them are going to f- f- quit. And then blah, blah, blah. And there's basically only 10 guys you got to beat. To a championship, you've got to beat 29 people. BMW, you've got to beat 69 folks. Small fields, big deal. Small big fields, names. big deal. There you go. Is Anything that else? That beat Rob Bolton? <laughs> that's greg's favorite bit <laughs> i like greg, it. Will, greg will be 70 it. and he'll, he'll be talking about the rob bolton <laughs> every six months so i like it <laughs> <laughs> all right gentlemen that was a day of golf anything else before we get out anything don't say i didn't give you an opportunity uh hideki was awesome i just wanted to throw that in there he was awesome on the oh, weekend wow. I mean, hey, I think he gained, huh? No, nah, sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. I think he gained, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Rick, 10 strokes on approach shots on the weekend. He, he didn't, he made, he made nothing on Saturday and he nine, putted it 9.6 on the weekend. There you go. He putted it better on Sunday, but he was just, he was really, really good over the last 36. Mm. Hey, hey, Memphis is actually pretty cool. That's not a bad spot. Good golf course, nice event, good weather, good people, nice food. It's worthwhile. You should stop by. It's got a pyramid. It's got a big river. It's right outside my hotel over here. That's, it's We're trying to get back into the good graces of Memphis. Hopefully that works. Thank you very much, Mark. What if we got a – I hope we get an ad read for like Visit Memphis, like the Me- Memphis Tourism Department wants to sponsor – the show. I should be I should be sponsored by the city of Memphis. <laughs> <Same>. <laughs> All right. That'll do it. We're signing off here. Producer Jacob does all the hard work behind the scenes. Next week is Wyndham. We'll be back on Monday, Tuesday, all that good stuff. Mark Immelman, you can find on Twitter 
at Mark underscore Immelman. That's Greg Ducharme, who is the real GFD. That's Kyle Porter, who you can find at Kyle Porter CBS, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.